Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, I am talking about the Hawks' 124-121 win over the New Orleans Pelicans. The Hawks are able to finally win the game that would not finish as they knock off the Pelicans in overtime. Trey Young has a big game, and the Hawks can look ahead to their game against the undefeated Milwaukee Bucks. Let's get into it. That was that was a game. Um, there were about three different times. It was a little bit like Lord of the Rings where I thought the game was over and then the Hawks did something inexplicable and the Pelicans hit some shots to stay in it and suddenly we were at overtime. And then John Collins hits a huge three. Feels like the Hawks are up by a large enough margin at the end of the game. But inexplicably, the Pelicans are able to get back within one possession and have a shot with one second to go to tie the game at 124. But uh, Devontae Graham steps out of bounds, um, and the Hawks are able to run the clock out. But uh, this was a this was a fun game. Uh, the Pelicans were coming off a of back-to-back. The Hawks had a couple days off. And early on in this game, felt like the Hawks did enough and had st- established themselves well enough to kind of get a cruising victory. Um, it's always fun when Zion comes into Atlanta. He's not played in Atlanta very often. This was only his second time playing against the Hawks, and he is incredible. He's only about 6'6 or 6'7, but plays center, um, even though he's playing next to Jonas Valanciunas or another center. Uh, and Zion can move just in ways that a guy his size should not be able to move. And unlike other years where it's felt like his conditioning hasn't been necessarily where it should be, he was going all the way through overtime um, and really helped keep the Pelicans in this one. Uh, Early on in this game, the Hawks, again, felt like they had the control early in the first quarter, but then C.J. McCollum, who would be a thorn in the Hawks' side the whole game, sort of carried the Pelicans back into this one. And the Pelicans actually were almost, uh, they took a brief lead at the end of the first quarter before the Hawks uh, took a 29 to 28 lead into the second quarter. Uh, the Hawks got some awesome production from Jalen Johnson to start the second quarter. He had a uh, just amazing set of possessions that included a steal and slam where Jalen was able to get a steal, break away all by himself, and do a nice windmill dunk. Um, and it felt like the Hawks were going to break this game open. And on the second night of a back-to-back, you could understand why the Pelicans wouldn't be in this, but they just would not go away. And at halftime, the Hawks led 60-52, to had an eight-point lead. Um, In the third quarter, that's where the Hawks found their most trouble, at least shooting the ball. They would go 0-7 of from three-point land. And despite, again, feeling like the Hawks really had to control this game, uh, that inability to hit any three-point shots allowed the Pelicans to get back into this game. Zion was constant pressure at the rim. He is not taking any threes this season, but he's able to take the ball, and whether it's through John Collins, Clint Capella, who had a fantastic game, or whatever big he was matched up against, he was getting to the basket and laying it in. There was a nice possession from John Collins where he was able to take a charge on Zion and turn an and-one into two Hawks points at the other end, which was a five-point swing. But again, the Pelicans... Outscored the Hawks in that third period, 33-28. to 28. It'd be the only period of the entire game where they would score over 30 points. 
And that allowed them, again, suddenly this was a game. This was a three-point game for a lot of the the third period. And the feeling that I got is the Hawks would get a six-point lead. The Pelicans would whittle it down, whittle it down. It'd be a three-point lead. And then the Hawks in the fourth quarter would hit a three-pointer. Hunter had a nice stretch where he hit a couple three-pointers. And it felt like the Hawks, you know, built a lead, built a lead, and were able to ultimately build a 13-point lead with about five minutes to go. And it felt comfortable after a game where six points had sort of felt like the max the Hawks were able to do. A 13-point lead with five minutes to go felt insurmountable that the Hawks had this in hand. And then in one of the just most boneheaded, worst possessions I've seen in a long time at the pro level, the Hawks fouled uh, Herb Jones, who on an and one, he missed the free throw and the Pelicans were able to get the the ball back. And Zion hit a nice little shot in the paint. And then Clint Capella, for some reason, jumps in the air on the inbound and turns it over. And the Pelicans go from 13 down to, in the span of a minute, to be only down four. And suddenly it's a game. It's 99 to 103. And a game that felt very comfortable for the Hawks suddenly is in doubt. Um, And in the past, it's just, you know, your whole body goes, clenches up. And a just surefire win. The Hawks are playing so well. They're getting an awesome performance from Trey Young. Clint Capella is probably having his best game of the entire year. And suddenly, not only have the Hawks given up a six-point possession, the Pelicans take the lead. They get a two-point lead. And um, the Hawks get a couple of bad shots. Trey Young takes a tough three-point shot that they're unable to score on. Um, There's some tough possessions in between it between that and the Hawks get the ball with 30 seconds to go um, needing a basket to tie the game. They, they need a basket or they're going to lose. Uh, DeJounte Murray takes the ball and he is matched up one-on-one with CJ McCullum, who despite all of his great offensive ability, just is not the best defender. And Murray doesn't pass the ball to anyone else, calls his own number, hits a little mid-ranger and we're tied 107 with four seconds to go. The Pelicans call a timeout advance the basketball. They would run an inbounds play to get the ball to Brandon Ingram, who did not have a good night. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to uh, DeAndre Hunter, who is mostly matched up on BI the whole game. But Brandon Ingram took a really tough uh, jumper kind of on the right side of the basket, not quite in the paint. And it bounced off the rim and the Hawks Hawks and all their fans, it was a sellout, were able to uh, exhale after just a furious comeback from the Pelicans. And again, if the Hawks had found a way to lose that game, which maybe is something that happens to them last year, it just is super deflating. The Hawks have been up 13, like I said. The Hawks have done everything the right, except for one possession that, you know, suddenly relax a little bit. The Pelicans score six straight points, able to steal momentum and take advantage. And um, if they don't have some poor shooting really uh, at the free throw line, Maybe they get the win, but we're going to overtime. Uh, The Hawks win the jump in overtime. They get a DeJounte Murray elbow kind of free throw line jumper to take a two-point lead. Um, It's a little bit back and forth again, but then the Hawks are finally able to get a four-point lead because in between two Hawks baskets, the Pelicans get a stop, throw ahead to Larry Nance Jr. Larry Nance Jr. all by himself just misses a layup puts it off the back iron, goes to the Hawks, and the Hawks are able to build a four-point lead. And suddenly a four-point lead becomes a six-point lead. 
and they get a big shot from John Collins, who had not had a big night and would actually score five of his points in the overtime in the extra period. But he hits a big three, and it feels like it finally puts the game away. But, of course, the Hawks foul a shooter going to the basket and one, and suddenly the Pelicans are able to work this game into another one-point possession. Um, the Hawks get up to 124 and are unable to score anymore, and the Pelicans just won't go away. Uh, they get an and one to make it 121 to 124, and the Hawks have it with about uh, 15 seconds to go, and the Hawks can't make an inbounds play. The Pelicans get the ball up the court. They get it to the uh, Devontae Graham, who gets a three-point shot up. He actually doesn't get the shot up. He steps out of bounds before he's able to take the shot. But it was just a game that there were three or four times as Hawks fans, it was like this game is over. They've done it. They've put the Pelicans to bed, and the Pelicans would come right back. Um, for the Pelicans, on the offensive side of the ball, it started with C.J. McCollum. He'd finished with 29 points on 12 of 23 shooting, 4 of 9 from the three-point line, 10 rebounds, 0 assists. Uh, again, there was multiple times in this game where it felt like the only offense the Pelicans had was get it to C.J. and let him get into the paint and have a little fall away or he'd hit a big three-pointer to keep them in this game. Zion Williamson, uh, 29 points on 11 of 20 shooting. You know, it felt like he hit 11 of 15, but 11 of 20. He had eight rebounds. He made it to the free throw line 10 times. He was 7 of 10 at his free throws. Um, also had four assists. He can pass the ball. To see him just take it to the basket, he has every spin move. He's able to go by guys like Clint Capella. He's able to go around guys like John Collins. Um, but Zion is just a spectacular athlete for his size. And one thing, again, that I was so impressed with is he was able to play the whole game. Um, Brandon Ingram had a really tough game, 7 of 23. I was sort of surprised that the Pelicans' last game of or last shot of regulation went to B.I. Um, DeAndre Hunter did a really nice job, I think, of contesting all of Brandon Ingram's shots. Brandon Ingram is a legit 6 at 11, can get his shot over everyone. But Hunter blocked one of his shots, and I thought it was just a pest able to get around him the whole time. Um, Brandon Ingram did have a nice dunk, but uh, ultimately to hold Brandon Ingram to 16 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds, th that 16 points, keeping him under 20, is a real reason the Hawks are able to get a win at State Farm Arena. Finally, Jonas Valanciunas is always a problem against the Hawks. The Hawks actually did a pretty nice job. Clint Capella and Inyeka Kongwu, if y'all remember the preseason uh, Jonas was a big problem, but Jonas finished with 13 points. He had 17 rebounds, seven of those offensive. He's really hard to move once he gets into the paint. A lot of the uh, Pelicans' comeback was he's able to get them second chances, but just really um, good job by the Hawks to limit the damage done uh, by the big Jonas Valanciunas. On the Hawks' side, it has to start with Trey Young. Trey was wearing his goggles again, his Trey bands. He had 34 points, 9 of 26 shooting, 2 of 9 from 3. He got to the free throw line 15 times. A couple of those were aided because the Hawks were able to get the Pelicans in foul trouble early in a couple quarters. Um, but Trey always knows that and is able to get the free throw line. He had 10 assists, 2 steals. He could have had a few more steals. It was one of the most positive parts of this game, I thought, was Trey taking some gambles and, and getting into the uh, – other players to try to get steals. If he's able to do that going forward, he'll get some of those steals and get easy buckets for his teammates. DeJounte Murray 
I mean, he just keeps being clutch for the Hawks. Um, he had that clutch shot, obviously, to tie the game. He had the first basket in overtime for the Hawks, and he just continues to be in the right place at the right time for the Hawks. He had 22 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists for a triple-double. He had three steals. Um, and, and one of the best qualities of DeJounte, to me, is you see him talking with everybody. He's talking to the young guys. He's talking to Trey. He's talking to the coaches. And he just wants to wants to win. Um he didn't shoot the ball particularly well, 9 of 23, and I think he sometimes settles for that shot right at the uh, free throw line that he thinks he has. He's certainly very good at, but I would like him get to get to the basket a little bit more. Um, but you can't really complain about the guy who hit the big shot, wanted the shot at the end of the game. It didn't have to be Trey uh, at the end of the game to tie the game. DeJounte Murray was able to do that. Clint Capello finished with 21 points and 19 boards. Five of his rebounds were off, uh, offensive. Um, he was 10 of 15 from the field. I mean, that is just a performance you'll take from Clint Capella all the time. He was running at the beginning of the game. And what I kind of like with Zion, Clint Capella was running at the end of the game. Trey Young had two different lobs to Clint Capella in overtime. Talking about the multiple endings, there were a couple of Clint Capella alley-oop finishes that it felt like, all right, that's the period on this game. Trey Young's able to find Clint Capella. For a couple more points, but Clint Capella would finish with four blocks to go with those 21 points and just really good performance from the Swiss bank. DeAndre Hunter had a really strong stretch in that third quarter uh, or fourth quarter, excuse me, where he was hitting three pointers that felt like they were pushing the Hawks lead up to a, a place where the Pelicans wouldn't get back. He'd finish two of six on his threes, six of 13 from the field. He had six rebounds, an assist. thought it was a really, really nice assist. Um, to get John Collins the basketball. Um, but nice job on defense from DeAndre Hunter. He was stuck guarding Brandon Ingram a lot of this game. Finally, JC, seven points, five of those coming in overtime, five rebounds and two blocks. Off the bench, John, uh, Jalen Johnson just looked great. He had a couple of different stretches in this game where he looked back spectacular. The uh, steal and slam, of course, will be one highlight. But he went out and scored 11 points in his 15 minutes of play. He was 5 of 7 from the field, had 4 rebounds and 2 steals. Justin Holiday is still trying to find his stroke from 3-point land. He was 2 of 7 from the field, just 1 of 6 on 3s, 2 steals. He does play good defense, um, and I think that's primarily why he's out there. And He's talked about wanting to be vocal and, and be communicative out there for the Hawks. Onyeka Kangwu, just five points, one of two from the field, two of two from his free throw line, uh, and a steal. And then finally, Aaron Holiday had four points, two of four from the field, three rebounds, and two assists. But big win from the Hawks. Of course, their next game is against the undefeated Milwaukee Bucks. But to move to six and three and get a win after after kind of a disastrous collapse. It's good. That's an ability that the team has to have, be able to win just as much as you have to come back like they did against the New York Knicks. You have to be able to fix your own mistakes. And that six-point possession was one of the just most frustrating, disappointing, um, just kind of, in some ways, you know, classic Hawks. Wow, they threw away this big lead that they would work so hard to get. But to their credit, they didn't get get down on themselves, and they came back and they won this game. And they took advantage of the opportunities that um, the Pelicans gave them. Larry Nance missing that layup that would have tied the game in overtime um, and getting to the basket and, and really finishing this game. But 
a good win for the Hawks. They move to six and three, and they they will play the Milwaukee Bucks next. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. If you can leave a rating or review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that's a huge help. Go Hawks!